Well, this morning, we want to make real, uh, make in front of us public what we have decided to do as a church, as God has uh, led in our church body through the Word of God and our study, uh, and that is the installation of elders. To understand, we've already voted on this, it's, it's being done, but as a church in a corporate setting, to pray and set these men apart uh, in our church. It's important to note that within the New Testament model of church, authority for leadership is not granted to just one person, nor is it a democratic rule of the congregation. Instead, the scripture states that the authority for leadership is conducted by a plurality of leaders who are affirmed by the church and accountable to God. When the church supports the elders, both the church body and individual believers will and can flourish. So these elders do not form a separate clergy class. Instead, the elders, some who may have a vocational role, most of these do not, are brothers with you. Always seeking God's will for the church. So it's not just what is pleasing to the membership, but what is pleasing to God. That is the directive for them. So this is a group of men that were selected by this church. We first asked for you, after knowing the scriptural qualifications, to bring forth names of men that you feel fit this role, going in this direction. And so from that list, we chose from the top percentages to see, okay, do these men indeed fit the scriptural qualifications? And after some season of talking with them, working with them, we were able to present each one of these names to this church body, asking that, you, uh, that we would not move forward with these men unless there is a 90% uh, favorable statement toward these men that we believe that these are called by God in our church. So it started with the church body and ended with the church body. And so there have been four uh, that we have agreed as a church and said, yes, we believe that God's called them uh, to be elders within our church. And so I want to give some scripture that speaks to this. And how we're to go about this. So if you will turn in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 5. I'm going to ask that we stand as we read 1 Peter chapter 5. This instruction to the elders. Which is found primarily verses 1 through 4. Then the instructions to the church in general, verse 5 through 11. So I exhort the elders among you, as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed, shepherd the flock of God that is among you. Exercise and oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, not for shameful gain, 
but eagerly. Not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. Casting all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful. For your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of sufferings are being experienced by a brotherhood throughout the world. And after you've suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. I'd like to just briefly uh, speak verses 5 through 11, considering us as a church, and then speak to the charge to the elders. When we read verse 5 through 11, it starts off instructing us as a church to practice a humility and submission to one another. The church setting is not a place to see who gets their will. Like many places, that often happens, is who gets their will. But in a church body, it is to say, we want God's will. And we recognize we get God's will through His Word. But we also can hear God speaking through His Word in the lives of others. And so we want to pay careful attention to what each other is saying. And there is a degree, high degree of listening to one another, recognizing God may be speaking to me through someone in our church. And so when you come together, knowing what it says here of humbling ourselves, being subject to elders, listen to one another when you meet with the purpose, is God speaking to me? Through this. That's a very important goal in each one of our lives. Interesting, when we talk about God opposing the proud, giving grace to the humble, humble yourselves. The humbling yourselves is done primarily in the context of a church body. Isn't that interesting? I found it's much more painful sometimes to actually humble yourself in front of someone else. But <laughs> that's the point. That's the point. And so the humility... And humbling ourselves is done with the face of a believer in front of you. And then verse 7, as a church, we're to be prayerful. Understanding that we're not to be anxious about everything that's happening. But with the anxiety or the, the temptation for anxiety, instead use that as prayer reminders and bring it to the Lord, casting our cares on you. So as a church, we practice humility before one another. We're prayerful in all that we deal with in our church. But as we read in verse 8 and 9, we're to be on guard. Why are we to be on guard? We know that in very practical, day-to-day, week-by-week, Satan, the enemy, is seeking to inject his influence in a church that honors Christ. It's done 
maybe through confusions. It's done through distractions from the main purpose. It's done through uh, interpersonal struggles. It's done through uh, angers and unforgiveness, according to Scripture. So as a church, always be aware there is an enemy wanting to bring division and distraction from the gospel. Resist him. Firm in your faith. But you know, also as a church, not only do we on guard against the devil, not are we also uh, being prayerful for all things, not only are we practicing submission to one another, but we also remember that we are joining in with a worldwide movement that has moved across history. And in that worldwide movement across history, there has been and will be persecutions of the highest order. That's the fraternity that we're a part of. The family that we're a part of. You see that as you read that in verse 9. So when we go through hard things and we think, oh, it's so bad here in America. I mean, things are moving against the Christian. You have to keep in mind that there are believers and other parts of the world that are going through much harder things. Keep that in perspective. Prayer for them. But we look forward to something, church. After we've suffered a little while, and we will, after we've suffered a little while, God himself is going to be restoring, confirming, strengthening, and establishing, and it's about him. So, church, let me speak to the elders that are here. Chapter 5, verse 1. I exhort the elders among you. What is he exhorting us to do? Verse 2, shepherd. Elders, shepherd. That's the word pastor. Elders, pastor the flock of God that is among you. Those that are around us. But there's three reminders. Three motivations, if you will. You see this in verse 1. First, he tells us, exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder. Remember... These elders were joining in with a historical group of elders. When we shepherd a church, we're joining in with the likes of people like Peter, the apostolic elders, and all throughout history. So keep that in mind that there is a body of truth that God has entrusted us to steward To make sure that it's in the lives of the people. That we do not deviate the path from that path from the word of God. That we've seen throughout history despite the cultural trends that are to bear. We answer to something else. Not whether or not society deems us as relevant. Our PC. But what the Bible has taught and what history has demonstrated in the Christian teachings. Well, there's another reminder. So, Jason, Chris, Rich, Jeff, as we elder, notice what he says. As we shepherd, he exhorts us, not only as a fellow elder, but as a witness of the sufferings of Christ. Shepherd this church. Remember the price that was paid for lives to be redeemed. Peter says, I saw that. I witnessed it. I would have you, elder. I I I exhort you 
to shepherd, remembering the things I've seen and I've declared to you, how Jesus died on the cross, not only for these in this room, but these who are not yet a part of God's body. And then, a third reminder, to shepherd, not only as a fellow elder, remembering the historical elders have come before us, not only remembering the price paid for the believers, the sufferings of Christ, but also, he says, I exhort you, elder, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed, shepherd the flock of God. Remember, Jason, Jeff, Rich, Chris, the Lord's coming back. There's glory to become. We're serving in light of what's to come. Shepherd this flock. Remember that someday the Lord's going to call us into count. Therefore, verse 2, we're going to exercise oversight. So pastors, elders are pastors who are overseers. You see that? Someone had asked before at some point, well, pastor, does this give you more power in our church? And I said, listen, it's, it's not about the power. It's about the Lord. So the answer to that question simply is yes and no. Yes, in that, perhaps maybe for the first time, all of the church recognizes exactly where the authority comes from. There has been confusion in the last 40-some years. But now, it's pretty clear it's from this group of elders. So, yes, maybe there is more authority because it's understood. It's clear. But no, because it's not just me. There is a group of men, and these are not um, the automatic yeses, the rubber stamp all the thoughts and ideas. They've proven in the past not to be that. And they've, I don't know if they've sworn to me, but that they don't have to. I know that they will be people who will challenge and ask the question, is this really God's will? And so within that body, there is prayerfully a way for us to discern what is God's will for us. And so there is an overseeing aspect. But these men are not to, be, uh, to do so under compulsion, but have eager hearts. It really does matter that they want to do this. That they want to do this. And that's, I've asked them to share at this point, to give a little bit of how God's moved in their heart to want to do this, this burden. So each one of these are going to come up and share this so you can see that this isn't under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly. And then, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. It's really important that they have and practice humility in, their, in this church and in their life. That they are not getting ego boost by the fact that they're an elder. In fact, if you really want to mess them up, call them pastor. It really throws them off. I, every once in a while, if I want to have fun, I say, hey, hey, Pastor Jeff. <laughs> just, it's just great. Uh, but it's, it's not about the titles. It's the fact that they're wanting to see this church glorify the Lord and honor the Lord 
with the spirit of this church, and with how we do church. And so lastly, verse 4, and when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. This is a sobering statement and encouraging. This is not just some office in a social group. This is a responsibility that God himself is going to bring up when he comes back and ask, how'd you do? Were you faithful to the word? Did you love the church? Did you love me through doing this? And so I'm going to ask that they come up and they're going to share a burden of how God's moved in their heart in their years. I'm going to ask, uh, this is according to age. (laughs) Uh, And so I'm going to ask if Jason will come up first and just to share how God's moved in his heart uh, in this time. Yeah, I was thinking a little low. <laughs> Chris, you're going to have to get on your knees, brother. Um, you know, first, um, I'd just like to say uh, humble and thank you for the opportunity that you have given me to serve as an elder here at Green Pines. Um, you know, one of the things I'd like to ask, too, in this is that you pray for us as elders in, in three simple ways, and I think the other guys would would agree with this number one pray for our relationship with the lord um, that we would remain close to him by being in his word and prayer daily second that we would remain sensitive to god's leading his direction that he would grant us with his wisdom and thirdly that in everything that we do in our thoughts in our leadership that our goal would be that he receive honor and glory both here in nightdale and to the end of the earth. So those three things, if you would just commit to praying for us in that, because we're praying for you as a church, our brothers and sisters in Christ. Jared asked that we share uh, briefly, uh, about 30 minutes, a burden. Uh, 30 minutes times 40, I suppose we'll be out of here in two hours. Um, no, briefly, uh, the, uh, one of the things that the Lord has really laid on my heart is discipleship. Not only just men, but families, uh, men and women. Am I standing too far away? I hear echo. Um, so he's really laid that on my heart. And that is a burden that I have for our church. Uh, God's word is very clear in Matthew chapter 28 in the Great Commission where he says, Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So what does it mean to make disciples? And this burden that I have in my heart is part of my testimony in that I was fortunate enough to grow up in church, to be in church as a, as a small kid, to go through the backyard Bible school, the VBS and all that. Um, attended church on Sunday mornings, Wednesday nights, outreach event here and there. So I was a good church member, so to speak. But was I making disciples? So the answer to the question, the question that remains is, what does it mean to make a disciple? I mean, What does it mean to be a disciple-maker? The answer to that question is often be said when those 
that you lead to the Lord are in return leading others to the Lord. And so God challenged my heart in that. Is am I a disciple maker? Because if I claim to be a follower of Jesus Christ, I am to be making disciples. One of the passages that God just threw on my heart was in James. Chapter 1, and I'll read it to you. James chapter 1, 22 through 25 says, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and then forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, perseveres, being no hearer that forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. So we see doers and we see hearers. I would say on Sunday mornings we're very much hearers of the word. We come here, we study God's word, we hear it. But what do we do with that? Um, Quick math, because I'm a numbers guy. The average lifespan, as says Wikipedia, so it must be true, 600... 657,000 hours is an average life. Out of that, about 525,000 hours is, is in our maturity. So between 12 and when we leave this earth, age 75, 525,000 hours. To be fair, we'll take a third of that and say we're sleeping eight hours a day. If some of y'all get that, I don't. Um, but we'll take, we'll take a third of that away, which leaves... 350,000 hours, okay? Let's give 12,500 hours to Sunday morning. Three hours here on Sunday morning, an hour or two on Wednesday night, and throw in an hour there once a month for outreach. What does that leave? At least 337,000 hours to be what? Doers of the word. That means that 3% of our life is here on Sunday mornings like we're doing right now on Wednesday night. But what about the other 97%? That's how we're doing life. And, and my challenge to myself this morning and to us as a church is, church, how are we, what are we doing with that 97%? It's been said that the largest untapped mission field in America is in our workplace and in our neighborhoods. And so my passion is that Green Pines would take what we learn here on Sunday morning, what we hear, and then we take it out of these doors into our community, and that we would be doers of the word. And at the end of the day, that Christ would receive glory, that we would take it from here in Nightdale to the ends of the earth and to fulfill that great commission that God's challenged us as followers of Jesus Christ to go and make disciples. Thank you again for allowing me to serve, and I'll be praying for you, and if you would, pray for me. Jason's a lot younger than me, so from here on out, you'll probably see these in use um, for the next three. Plus, I made the mistake of bringing my little mini Bible. Um, So I want to read a couple of passages and then just talk for a second. Um, Um, Thanks. 
So um, I'm going to read a couple of verses from 2 Timothy chapter 2. Verse 1 says, You then, my child, you then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So in talking about our passions, you're going to hear probably a lot of the similar things. We, we um, all love Jesus. We all love his word. We all love <clears throat> those that we fellowship with here at Green Pines. Um, I like to teach and share God's word. I take this verse to heart to share with faithful men so they will be able to teach others also. Like Jason, I'm humbled to be able to serve as an elder here. I'm humbled to have an incredible wife and six incredible kids. I'm humbled to be a part of Green Pines. I am humbled just as much to be a part of an elder group, of Jared and Jeff, Jason and Chris. When we get together and meet, um, it's just a time of sweet fellowship, the time that we spend in prayer over the concerns of the church and over each one of you, some of you specifically by name, we pray for when we get together. The church going forward and what God wants us to do here in Nightdale and around the world, it is incredibly humbling to be challenged and be tasked with being an overseer and being a shepherd of a group of people, a part of God's body on earth. As Jesus was when he was here and he left and he said, we are now his body, his presence here on earth. And it's humbling to be a part of that. In Philippians chapter 2, it tells us, So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. Let each of you look not on his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. So I'm humbled to be part of a family that Jesus decided to humble himself to die for us on the cross. But I'm humbled for one particular reason, and it's the rest of this chapter, specifically the verses that follow that say, Therefore God has, all, has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that in the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. So why... Do we humble ourselves? I'm humbled that Jesus died for us. But when we are humbled, 
when Jesus humbled himself, it said God lifted him up and lifted his name up above every other name. Now, when we humble ourselves, he's not going to do that for us. Our name will not be lifted up. If we humble ourselves in the name of Jesus Christ, his name will be lifted up. So as I told the kids this morning in in Sunday school, we were talking about Ruth, and I said, so when people ask you, why do you come to church? You tell them you come to church, not just to come to church. You come to church to learn about Jesus, to become more like him. So why do we humble ourselves? So the name of Jesus can be lifted up. So I'm humbled to be a part of the elder group here at Green Pines. And I pray and ask you like Jason did, that you would pray for us. Because we are not equipped for this in our own skills. We do not know what we're doing. We've not got the training of, of Jared. You know. We need your prayers. And so when we are around you, we probably will just say out of the blue, thank you for praying for us. Because we are counting on you to pray for us. And we need you to pray for us. And we are praying for you. And if we will humble ourselves one with another, then Jesus will lift it up and this room will be full and overflowing. And Nightdale will know why Green Pines exists. So thank you for letting me serve you. Yeah, you need that. <laughs> Give me the timer. Only gave me thirty seconds. Uh, well, as Rich came up, someone leaned over to me and said, "Rich is younger than you." So thank you for that. It's a blessing this morning. Thank you. Um, well, I'm just thankful to be here. I'm honored and humbled to uh, come before you. I've stood in front of uh, you and, and, and others uh, many times, and this is uh, certainly among the most um, humble time to do that. I'm thankful for the opportunity to serve um, in all capacities that God has given me the opportunity, and certainly to, to come and, and have an opportunity to serve as elder is, is um, incredibly um, overwhelming and, and very humbling to, um, to me, and I'm thankful um, to be a part of it. So I echo these guys and say pray for us because, um, you know, what we want to do is seek God in all that we do and and hear from you, um, his people, and reach out to those who are in this community uh, and broad in, in, in the world uh, who have yet to come to a, um, to a time to give their life to Christ. So it's, it's a great honor and a great privilege. We, we talked about, you know, Jared wanted us to, from the, from the beginning here, you know, for over a year now, as we've been going through the process, you know, to, to think out the burden of why uh, we feel called to stand up and to step up to the call. Um, and um, I think, you know, for me, uh, it is because I understand uh, what, this church and the people that God brings here can do. Um, now, again, I know it's all God and God's timing for God to change the heart, but I've been coming to Green Pine since I was in high school um, and came to know him um, and more personal time and level here um, as um, a youth. 
um, hearing more about God and um, just what he had in store and planned um, just changed my heart. Now, I can't say that since I heard that, that all uh, my four wheels stayed on the road many times. Uh, a wheel or two dropped off in the, in the meeting or in the ditch. Um, but, you know, God's word tells us, train up a child in the way that he should go, and he will not depart from that. Um, and I, I can, I'm proof of that. Uh, so I've seen uh, what Green Pines um, can be. Uh, it, can be um, it can be stability. It can be a uh, training. It can be an encouragement. Uh, and so many of you have encouraged me um, over my life here. Many of you, um, I grew up with your kids here. And, um, and you've always been a great encourager to me and to my family, uh, to my boys. You encourage them. Um, so, you know, a burden for me is to um, see Green Pines continue to be that place of encouragement, that place of discipleship, that place of love, that place that gives you the opportunity to put your own pride aside, your own way aside, and let God into your heart. Let God be your direction. Let God be the way of your life. So I've been involved with children's ministry, and they are such a blessing to me, and it's just an honor to be able to serve them uh, and to do what I can to help train them up. Because what I know is today's world is very difficult. Uh, Things come at our children from all directions. So my burden is to do what I can to serve and be a part of the ministry here and the ministries here so that we can give opportunity for children to know the Lord because as they walk out these doors today and in the days to come of their life just like Jared said in the scripture the devil is out to devour and if we can help them in some way to know God have him in your heart and cling to that in life then we'll get to celebrate in heaven together one day I thank you for having trust in me, for putting me in this place. I'm thankful to God. I'm thankful to these men. Uh, To get together with these guys is such a blessing. There's so much uh, knowledge in that room, and uh, we're just thankful. And and we ask you to pray for us. Uh, We're going to do our best to serve him, and through that, serve you. And uh, we thank you for that. get five minutes oh okay <laughs> i was thinking i was going to come up here and there was going to be a minus number <laughs> in front of this thing okay well that's better um yeah so obviously jared had to look up in the directory what my age was to know that i was going to be the last <laughs> last one to come up here but um most of you know me or who know me know that i like to stay in the background that i'm not one to uh to be in this kind of a position but I do consider it a tremendous honor, and I am humbled uh, to an incredible degree to be, uh, to be offered as an elder at Green Pines. Um, 
So starting sort of at the fundamental level, time is of the essence. It's a phrase that's used in legal agreements and things like that. Uh, but for me, it has tremendous application for green pines uh, in really two levels. One is time is of the essence for those that don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, at the point of death, uh, it's too late. Uh, crossing over into that realm forever and ever and ever is something that lays on my heart on a regular basis. And so as I think about an elder role at Green Pines, that's one of the two things that hits me the hardest in terms of the importance of our time on this earth. And the second is for the believer. Uh, you know, we don't know how many days, how many hours, I think it was Jason that alluded to it, uh, that we'll have on this earth. He gave us the average but the Lord can take our life tonight, or he can return tomorrow. And so we need to be about his business. And the, and the neat, unique thing about it is that um, when we're on this earth, we see like as a dull reflection is in a mirror, scriptural. But to, at the other side of the grave, we're going to see face to face. So it's here and now where our faith plays the greatest role in our lives. We need to trust God. We need to have faith in him. We need to, to have hope because on the other side of the grave, everything is in a sense for the believer so much easier. And so scripture verse James four fourteen. yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a time and then vanishes and that vanishes to the other side of the grave. So it's that fundamental premise of time is of the essence that that I uh, focus on in terms of the elder role of Green Pines. So our mission statement is a greenhouse for the Great Commission, and we've all alluded to that here this morning. Uh, but for me specifically, the burden that's on my heart are really two things. Um, first, we have a tremendous senior pastor uh, in this church. We have fantastic Sunday school uh, teachers. We have wonderful preschool ministries. We have an incredible array of committed uh, lay volunteers serving this church, loving on our kids, teaching us, worshiping with us. We need more of us. If you look around the room, there are so many pews that are open and empty. And so one of the two burdens on my heart as an elder of Green Pines is to increase the number of visitors that we have coming increase the number of members that we have coming in particular on our worship service on Sunday morning. And the second thing that goes right along with that is Green Pines right now is in a very strong financial position, but we all know or many of us know that the Southern Baptist Convention, the numbers are headed in the wrong direction. And so not only am I concerned about the number of visitors that we have, the number of members that we have in the church. I'm also concerned about our finances because if we have strong finances, what that will allow us to do is to do something that we have a distinctive here, 37 seconds at Green Pines, and that is, is that as a small church, we have a tremendous outreach ministry around this world. Uh, so many people that have gone on short-term missions that have become long-term missionaries. 
And in order to continue that, in order to enlarge that and grow that, we need to strengthen our finances. So those are the two burdens that are on my heart, to increase the number of folks here on Sunday morning, to be able to listen to a tremendous pastor preach his heart out, uh, and to experience all of the things that we get to experience here in terms of Sunday school, Wednesday night, children's church, VBS, all of those things. And the second thing is to strengthen our finances so we can minister across the world. Thank you very much for allowing me to serve. Thank you, man. So when the Lord comes back, um, I think it's important to know uh, what's on these men's hearts to say, you know, if the Lord comes back and we're doing these things, we're okay. We're okay. And so as a church, why don't we commit ourselves um, to the Lord's return? So we want to be about his work. We want to be discipling, making disciples of our families, of the students and childrens, uh, to reaching out uh, to those who are not here, a part of our church yet, not only in Nightdale, but around the world. And Lord, if you come back, we're good with that. Because we believe that Lord is good with that. As we teach his word. And so I'd, I'd like for us to, uh, to formalize this before God. And that is to... Uh, Take these men. Um, I'm going to ask if, if uh, just a little bit, they'll come forward uh, with their spouses. Uh, and I'm going to ask that those who ordained uh, in our church, uh, deacons or ministers or otherwise, uh, to come uh, and surround them, uh, placing your hand on them uh, as a way of symbolically representing this church and setting them apart before God as elders in our church.